Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Heather Breedlove. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to have a conversation. Uh, to introduce you real quick, you are the author of Shine Your Bright, the Chief Financial Officer of Keystone Bros, and co-founder of Choose Goodness. Uh, your success has grown very rapidly with these projects, uh, but like many of us, you grew up striving to find that perfect life, that fairy tale romance, successful career, all of that. And while you were working your way through that, which I'm sure people listening can identify with, um, you found there was a disconnect. And the person that you were at home was not the same person that you were at work or not really even who you are at your core. And you were playing that role rather than really participating in life. And I, I am sure people can identify with that feeling of these different different roles, different places, and feeling like no matter how hard you work, you didn't quite have that fairy tale life that you maybe expected or maybe thought the way adulthood was going to be. But you were able to shift that around for yourself, and you found a way to really bring all of you into the aspects of your life through your book, Shining Your Bright. Um, it's, it's about the journey of finding the peace and courage to do that for all of us, to connect those different parts. And even when life throws curveballs at us, when we feel like we're on autopilot or <laughs> ready to implode, burying our feelings to keep people happy, there are ways that we can deal with that, that we can really be at peace with who we are, what's going on around us. And I know that's something that you help people figure out. Uh, that's, a, that's a big project. Well, it, it is. And, you know, one key word that stuck out to me there was expectation, right? And that not just, and I hadn't picked up on that word before, but I was thinking through the expectation I put on myself and also the expectation I thought other people had of me. Um, mm. right. Yes. But I guess to jump in and tell you a little, a little bit about me, I did grow yeah. up white picket fences. I had mm. very fortunate childhood where my parents mm. were very involved and made me believe that I could be anything I wanted to be. Um, and I went, started, started down that checklist, the graduate from high school, right. move off to college, yep. married by 25. And that's as far as I made it before I started learning, you know, it's not all that you just think it's going to be. 
<laughs> life turns out a little differently than that checklist that I think we all have that checklist, right? Of these right. are the things I'm supposed to do in this order. And, and we do, I think, especially as women feel like if we're not married by Ajax, if we don't have our first child by Ajax, if we don't have our career established, but we feel like we're failing against what that checklist said or what the expectations were. Right. And I will, um, so I did, I married at 25 and we got back from our honeymoon and found out three weeks later, my dad had stage four melanoma. And oh, we, wow. I know we spent the first three um, or first six months of our marriage working through that. And he ended up passing away right at Thanksgiving. And that was very eye-opening, but even then, going through that process, I felt like I was playing that role. It was, who could I be for my mom? Who could I be for my brother, for my dad? And you keep going, and I don't think I ever really leaned in to those emotions around that. It was just, you you keep going, you keep moving. Um, Right. And then the, the second thing that popped up, I guess, is we never had children. And, you know, you don't talk about the option not to. It's You watch right. so many women who that is such a big part of their life. And then right. watching them even go into momhood or even struggle. Now on the other side, it's a blessing with where we are, but it again, that wasn't at all what I thought my life would turn out to be. So as I started getting into my 35s, 40s, it's like, okay, what opportunities are left if I'm not on what I considered a traditional path, per se. So yeah, that's, that's how I landed. I had a, a great career, uh, CPA by trade and my husband had a great career we we kind of joke and laugh we've been married we had 18 years this this week oh congratulations well well thank you I'm like high five but then we even laugh about that we're like you know we could write a book on our five marriages and we're just fortunate we keep (laughs) marrying each other (laughs) that's a great way to look at it it, well, it is, you know, it's that whole, that growth, right? You grow and you change and you hopefully are investing in yourself and what are my hopes and dreams and not giving yeah. all of that away. And that's, I think, how Shine Your Bright started. It was that if I was so overwhelmed or in a transition or needed a transition, um, I needed something that could help me in a safe space really start to almost interview myself and say, what do I want out of my life? What have I been through in my life? And that's really the premise of how it started. That's so interesting. I was going to ask, like, how did you go from CPA, which is a very you know, analytical, like numbers, spreadsheets, all of that, uh, into something that is very emotional, uh, very much the other side of things. I think what, what happened is, like if I do go back to my marriage and those hiccups in life, we, 
we were both CPAs by, by trade at okay. 39. My husband had made it to shareholder and decided he was done. He's like, I don't want to oh, be okay. in accounting okay. anymore. And I, you take a deep breath and you're like, okay, let's start over. <laughs> but wow. with that, I think what the big reason that we had gone through that was finding out that you don't necessarily treat people the way you'd want to in business. And especially in accounting, your, your staff and your coworkers can almost be a commodity, right? We hire and then we fire. And it was really important to us to start taking all those tools we learned in business and then all the tool set we have in relationships from what we've had to go and learn and working on our marriage and working on how to interact with other people and really bringing that all into one big picture. And we can go all in in every aspect. We can have that great job and we can use what we know for relationships and apply that in a business place. So I love, I was always fortunate to just be good at numbers. Those happen. I could, I could see that picture. Right. But I think my heart, my passion is much more on the creative side and getting to know people. Mm. Well, that's such a, that's a great balance too. I'm sure that really makes a lot of what you do, not just easier because you have both sides, but also makes it connect a lot differently. Um, being able to see yeah. Oh, definitely. We, um, and I, I do, I like to just always be open to what life's going to show up with that day too. And I've found taking the time in a work environment to really get to know the people around me and enjoy them. It makes it a lot easier when we're all in that together and people, you know what they're excited about. You know what they don't like. It can really turn the tide of a, of a business really quickly. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, that's something that a lot of times is overlooked from the numbers and spreadsheets standpoint because when you're making those analytical decisions and just looking at, you know, what's the ROI on this or what's the, what's the cost here, <laughs> you know, it's easy to forget there are people and names attached to some of that that there's more to it than just the bottom line numbers. You know, and we always, one of our favorite phrases is, is um, when people say it's just business, we can't, that's not the case. It's, it is always personal, right? They'll say it's not personal. It's just business. I've, I've got to do this, but every, from your customer to your coworkers, to your salesman and every, every aspect of a business is personal. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things that I think, especially I know about listeners of this show, they are the types of business owners that if they try to approach things from that just business perspective, it's hard to sleep at night because they have a personal connection to what it is that they do. And it's also hard to change a culture in a business. I've when you have everyone involved in working for a common goal, whatever that goal could be, it, you could see just a total shift. 
from a financial perspective and that you can't measure necessarily. Right. Right. You know, and that's a great point because I think sometimes, especially if you're a smaller business, you have fewer employees or maybe just consultants or contractors that you're working with, you forget company culture matters. Uh, Even if it's only you and two other people that you work with, they're, they're being bought into and seeing your vision and your mission for the business makes a difference. You know, the first time that I went through some of those like team building exercises on setting, what is our mission? What are our values? What are our priorities? Um, it was strange because coming from the entrepreneurial world, I hadn't been exposed to a lot of that. But one thing I realized was that, and I was there as a consultant inside of somebody's business, they brought me in. And one of the things that it made really real for me was, oh, that's what we're doing here. And seeing that bigger picture mission, not only was I more motivated to really put more into it, but I also looked at it differently. So I was coming up with ideas and contributing in a different way than I was when I was disconnected from that. And I think that's an important thing for anybody in business to remember is really getting people on board with that vision, with that mission, so that you do have the culture of people who are excited to work towards that goal with you. Mm -hmm. And we can even translate in, like in my perspective, translate that back into my personal life, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm just kind of going through life, getting things done and totally lost focus on what my big picture is. Right. How do you find that? What is that team building exercise to get the family rolling again? <laughs> That's a great question. And actually that takes us back to something you said a minute ago that I wanted to, to dive into. You mentioned um, that when you were going through some of those things in, in your family and some of the challenges that you hadn't fully acknowledged or experienced some of the feelings. And I think that's something that, especially for women who are juggling home, family, and business or career, we get into this autopilot mode where Mm -hmm. we don't stop and let ourselves feel the feelings because we're afraid if we fall apart that we can't put ourselves back together quickly enough to meet all the expectations for, you know, mom, wife, business owner, all these roles. And it's like, you know, you mentioned you had to be there for your mom and you hadn't taken time to process your own feelings. So how do you approach that with people? Like what advice do you give people for dealing with that when sometimes it's easier to just say, okay, I can't deal with this at all right now. I'm just going to stay in action. I'm, I'm on autopilot, but I'm still going because I'm afraid if I stop, I'll stop. Well, and you know, in my, you might have to stop and just fall apart a little. I will. I'll share my story on how I even realized that I was in or on autopilot and to kind of, to even finish out my story where I grew up with white picket fences, my husband did not grow in a grow up in a household that way. His parents are still married. They coexisted on kind of that opposite end of the spectrum. So when we got married, he thought marriage was supposed to be one way. I thought it was supposed to be another way. We had to, to learn how, how to have our marriage. Right. It was not graceful. <laughs> At, you know, there were uh, those times and you see the best right. in each other, but people don't teach you how to engage in other relationships. So no. long story short, we went through a couple of marriage counselors. We went through some ups and downs, but we ended up in a program separately 
and it was a week-long program and he went and spent a week and then we thought it'd be a good idea for me to go spend a week and kind of go through the uh -huh. same thing he did and really understand how he came to his epiphanies and there was one afternoon they did a horse experience and I was already angry about having to be there because I, I was like, you know, I am perfect in marriage. I don't need to learn. I know who I am. I know how marriage is supposed to work. And here I am at camp. <laughs> and I remember, and so I was already had a little bit of anger, but there were two big moments that came out of that week. The first was the horse experience. And it was the oddest thing because you're paired with your horse. And I had no idea, even watching other people interact with horses, some people will take aggression and they try to make it do what they want to do. Some people are very fearful. I found that somehow the horse and I had ended up in this relationship where we were just safe, comfortable, and navigating this exercise together. And what it did oh. is I, I got this little glow that started and it felt so foreign to me that it just started kind of growing, right? And I was so happy, so safe, and really where shine came from, if I want to, because I, I'll be like, here's my happy finally growing and where has it been that I don't recognize it now? And... So that was my, my first uh -huh. experience. The second was when we were talking through the emotion wheel and how you have eight different emotions that could expand to, to different segments of those emotions. And I always wanted to be happy, like, right? That's my goal is to be happy. It almost crushed me when I found out that only one of those eight wheels relates to happiness and joy. Everything else is anger or fear or, and right. I'm like, I can't have a full life if I only want to focus on one of those emotions. And what it opened my eyes to is if I'm hedging and not feeling those other seven, I wasn't necessarily leaning into my happy either. Hmm. So as those started coming in with the Shine Your Bright journal, it is built to kind of help you process all of those moments, whether you know they're there or not, and get comfortable with it and say, this is who I am and I can be proud of that magic because it got me to where I am today. Wow, that's something to think about. Yeah, and I'm not sure that asked, <laughs> answered your question necessarily, but the advice I'd give to others mm -hmm. is life does transition, and there are, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be one huge, overwhelming, big leap. It could just be that seed that's planted there that says, I want something different. I still have a hope. I still have a dream. And you can make these small little acknowledgements and start to build your confidence up to where you might be living out your bucket list in six months, but give yourself the time and the space to get there if it's two minutes a day. I like that. that that's a really good way to approach it because it, 
two minutes a day feels way more doable. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it does than trying to tackle everything at once. Because I think that's the other thing. Sometimes we get in that mode of, oh my gosh, I got to do all of this. You know, within the next week, we're 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 not always great at managing our own expectations and saying, okay, I will give myself time to figure this out. Oh, that's and I'm a list keeper. And if I showed you my cute little planner with my 85 to do's that I really think I'm going to make happen before Friday at five o'clock in three hours. <laughs> it's just not, it, life doesn't work oh, that way. But I, I will say I, and even I, like I've got a, a copy here and I always keep it just as an example, but we can get so up, uh, tight and really just trying to keep it all afloat I had realized I've gotten to the point where I didn't even know what my favorite food was or and yeah like that is one of my pages in here and I have everyday images that you can relate to that are very relatable and can really if you Mm -hmm. see them in the journal I found that I'll start seeing them and it'll bring me back to that page in the journal But for instance, there's a picture of an ice cream, but one prompt is, do you like chocolate, vanilla, sprinkles? But then another prompt is, when was your last meltdown (laughs) to relate to melting ice cream? So, you know, you can choose, (laughs) pick and choose which one you want to go with. But as you read that other one, it might be something you start to think about. And if you... Mm say, well, when was my last meltdown? Why did I melt down? Yeah. How could I have navigated that a little bit differently? Yeah. Or should I have melted down even more? <laughs> That's a question you don't hear too often. <laughs> no. Um, it, <laughs> I've even found, gosh, I would go I, I used to be great. I could keep my emotions in for six months before I would have a meltdown. Well, mm-hmm. at six months, it wasn't necessarily a meltdown. It was a cosmic event. It would just yeah. all come out. And I mm-hmm. finally, you know, you start saying, maybe I should just have a conversation when I'm bothered by something, not absorb it all in. But it's so much right. easier to do that. Yeah. I, I think that's that's one of the things that especially for people who are non-confrontational, you, you don't want to have that conversation. So it does sometimes explode kind of like a volcano, like you said, a cosmic event. <laughs> that's not necessarily a good, uh, a good way to handle it. Um, well, you know, one of the things that I know that you talk about the journal being is a way to kind of reintroduce yourself to yourself or how to rediscover yourself again. And I think that's something that a lot of people can identify with that you go from, you know, whatever your teenage years were to that adulthood transition, you get into family work business mode and you do disconnect from who you are or, or lose that peace uh, because you're so busy just trying to, to keep all the balls in the air um, what is, what's your experience been as far as women looking at that and going, who am I when they're in their thirties, forties, fifties, uh, when, you know, at this point we really, you know, should know ourselves. 
but it, that's the, <laughs> and I found, I, so I've, I've been very fortunate with how many people have integrated with this book. Yeah. And it's amazing to hear the experiences that are coming from the age group that's coming out of college and huh. integrating in their real world. And then there's the, the moms with the four, five, six-year-olds, and then mm. even the 65-year-old women who were at retirement, and now there is that space. But I've found that it's, it's – I love hearing when they're taking the time to work on it and it is a quick little five minute insert i've got um one woman who shared with me after we'd had dinner together she because you know how you you kind of can lose touch with some friends too and when you finally after six months can make it out to dinner (laughs) sitting there it just starts crying she's like i don't know what i'm doing my children are going crazy i can't And she takes a copy of the journal and then the carpooling, that's where she fills it out. And it's given her a little bit of a sense of control. And even to the point that not running straight home to make dinner, but she'll take her child and they'll go spend 30 minutes together before they go straight into homework and chores. So it is about that perspective and what is important, I think. Right. With me, when my father passed away, he was 52, and my mom was widowed at 48. Wow. I'm 43 right now, so I always wanted to make sure that if I might possibly want to do it in life, I'm doing it. And you've got to take every moment of every day to have some intention around it. But it's very easy to get to the point where you're, you've just lost it and you'll say, I'll do it when the kids graduate. I'll deal with this when this happens. And we turn around and where do you start? Yeah. You know, they, there, there's a quote that I, and I can't remember who said this, but um, it stuck with me since I heard it years and years ago. uh, Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. And we do fall into that of thinking, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 you know, all those things we've got on our bucket list, those things that we love that we want to reconnect with, we put them off because we Mm -hmm. think we have time, we think, you know, and and we get busy in the meantime. Life just keeps happening and then you don't get to those things that matter. So I like that idea of if it's something you want to do, just do it now. Get it on the calendar. I'll also, I've been experimenting with taking one day a week and not even looking at a to-do list. So, oh, wow. I, which is hard for me because I like control to just get things done, but I won't even pull out the planner and I'll, I'll still show up where I'm supposed to show up at my mm-hmm. job meetings and whatnot, but I really will not try to do anything on that list. And it's not only empowering, but to ask myself, what do I want to do next? Is it's almost like a dream come true. If you can get past the scary part of it or the guilt (laughs) or the guilt. (laughs) That's the question (laughs) is 
getting past that that scary moment. Oh man, well it's it's such a cool concept to be able to just take that couple of minutes a day and really look at you know not just the emotional part and then the reconnecting and, and feeling some of processing some of the tougher emotions, but also just the overall idea of shining brightly, of just being who you're here to be, who you are, and really connecting with that, I think is such a powerful concept. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see. Um, just a couple more questions here. I guess uh, one that I try to ask everybody is, what's your favorite part of what you do in business? I think my favorite part of business, whether it be Shine Your Bright or whether it be at my, my corporate job, is seeing when people are lighting up and yeah. seeing just the glow they get about them, the motivation, mm-hmm. their, the participation they're putting in in life. And sometimes it doesn't take more, much to help encourage that spark. Sometimes it's a smile mm-hmm. or buying a cup of coffee, but knowing that someone's there to just say, you can, you can do this. We've got you today. I love that. That's such, such an important perspective to keep because you're right. It is the little things that make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And that. one small thing can just grow into something so big and, and you never know who needs that smile that day. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, let's tell people where they can go to get a copy of the journal to find out more about you and to connect with you. Um, So for those of you who are curious, you can find Heather's website at shineyourbright.com. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Shineyourbright.com. You can order the book um, there or we're on Amazon as well. Awesome. All right. So you can just Google or Amazon search for Shiny Bright (laughs) or Heather Breedlove. That will come up. Also, go check out her Instagram and follow her. It's really inspirational. You post great stuff on Instagram, by the way. Uh, They're images from the book, just from everyday life with things that will help you remember to take that minute and just, you know, feel breathe, relax, reconnect with yourself, which we all know we do not make enough time for most of us. So let this episode be your reminder that it's okay to be human, to feel your feelings, and that you are here to shine. If you're looking for something that'll give you that daily ritual and that reminder and that space to do that and help you commit to that practice for yourself, check out Heather's book. Again, it's called Shine Your Bright. You can find it at shineyourbright.com or on Amazon. And Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to to jump on and, and talk to me today. Thank you, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure.